to the Holiday Moon Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. Today, I'm going to be talking about songbird number three in my songbird series, the American Goldfinch. This is Randy, and today I will be talking about the American flag. This is Sydney, and I will be talking about a quarantine bucket list for those of you who have run out of projects. (laughs) (laughs) A few more things to do. That's right. So our fun holiday happenings this past week, one thing uh, to know is that today is Lemonade Day, so Sydney and I are both drinking lemonade. And I took a sip of your lemonade. (laughs) In honor of Lemonade Day, and uh, as some of our podcast listeners know, Lemonade has a sordid past. Uh, Beth covered that on episode 2.6 in season 2, so if you're interested in hearing more about Lemonade and its past and where it came from and the dark side of Lemonade. It's not just the dark side. It's more just information yes, about the, the, the history dark, of Lemonade. The dark side was very shocking. <laughs> it was. It was. Yes. Uh, so what other holiday happenings do we have for this week? Well, today we got a text from our friends asking us not to come to the front of the house for a minute. And then they called us out. Staying back in quarantine mode. It had been our anniversary this past week. And they had created this Mickey and Minnie balloon sculpture (laughs) of each. And then in between, this flower balloon sculpture with happy anniversary on it. And a cherry pie. Trish Anderson's Not a balloon sculpture cherry pie. A real cherry pie. A real cherry pie. Trish Anderson's famous cherry pie. And some vanilla ice cream. So we were so excited just about that. But the Mickey and Minnie were so creative. And they were so well done. So, uh, yeah. So I put some pictures of it on Instagram and on our uh, different feeds. Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in in seeing more of that. That was a very fun, crafty, kind of do-it-yourself gift that they made for us. it was one of those things that it took... You just start looking at this thing, and it took a lot of time and effort to do it. And they had to find the right size balloons, the right color balloons, all while in quarantine. Right. So it was... And put it together at the last minute. Right, because they're balloons. Right. You can't put it together two days ahead of time, or even a day. So, yeah, so we appreciated that. That was a lot of fun to go out and see that, and to see them. So that was a gift from the Andersons for our anniversary. As as Beth mentioned, our anniversary was last week, in addition to Sydney's birthday and Cole's birthday. Day. That's right. For our anniversary, on our anniversary day, the kids both got us unique individualized gifts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sydney had found a bunch of pictures of us with the two of us, the, us as a family, us with friends. So it's a big blanket. The pictures are in a crescent moon shape on the blanket. And I put all that together on Shutterfly. And it says, I love you to the moon and back. And then it has the date of our anniversary. Mm -hmm. And it has a picture of us at our wedding. It has all kinds of pictures. They're just a lot of fun. How many pictures were on that? Do you remember? Maybe like a dozen more. There's more. I think it's more than a dozen. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then Cole got us a um, cutting board, a very unique cutting board that had Randy and Beth cut out at the top of it. Yeah, it's wood. Yeah, so yeah. it's really kind of, that was really neat too. Yeah. So, yeah, some unique, different gifts from the kiddos. Yeah. Not a Mickey and Minnie balloon statue, though. That was pretty creative. Not, that was very creative. <laughs> yes. That was a lot of fun too. They all yeah. were very fun. Very uh, 
Good surprises. Yes. Good surprises. So, yes. How, about, how was your birthday, Sydney, this past week? It was very fun. I was very happy um, to celebrate it on my birthday. I think that's a, a novelty for me since didn't working. Have, yeah, it didn't have to be the weekend before or the weekend after. Right. 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 I didn't have to take leave because we were just off that week because um, of the quarantine. So, yeah, it was very, very fun. I got to spend it with you all. And Cole came over after his work hours. So, um, yeah, lots of fun. Seven of your gifts were related to traveling. That's right. Because you had planned to travel <laughs> this summer to California and Disneyland exactly. and places like that. So I had asked for <laughs> Disney gift cards, a Disney backpack, a piece of luggage. So that's your, your other one you already had. Right, right. To match. And um, yeah, very sad. <laughs> <laughs> so we still got you those things, hoping right. that at some point... We can all travel again. Which is what I said with the Disney gift cards and everything else. I will one day be able to use these. That's right. (laughs) So looking toward the outdoors, we spent a lot of time in the outdoors yesterday. It was beautiful out. It was gorgeous. Got to spend a lot of time just sitting on the porch, talking and enjoying the breeze and the lovely weather. The songbirds are starting to come out more And in my songbird series, I decided to do the American goldfinch. Now, the American goldfinch is very distinctive in its coloring. The males are the ones that you see that are the bright yellow with the black caps and the black wings. And they have like white bar markings through them. Oh, yeah. They're so cute. They also are called uh, wild canaries because of their coloring. Yeah. So, in the winter, the coloring becomes very subdued, but in the spring and summer, they're just so neat to watch. Mm -hmm. There's little bright yellow birds hopping around. Now, the female goldfinches are mostly brown with light olive or yellowish undersides and a little yellow on their bibs. So, just much more subdued, which is is not unusual in the bird family for the female to be less um, spectacularly... Feathered, I guess is what you'd call it. Uh, They're about four or five inches long, so they're tiny little birds. They have a short conical bill and a sharp little bill, a small head, long wings, and a short notched tail. So they're just these little interesting, fun birds. They are actually the state bird of Washington, Iowa, and New Jersey. Really? Yes. We've seen the songbirds being the state birds of a number of states. So I was thinking I need to keep an eye on what all they are as we're going through them. Which ones are which. It's kind of neat. So these uh, these songbirds are acrobatic. And they can be sitting upright one minute. And then you look again and it can be upside down. So it can they can just bop around. They are vegetarians. So they're getting seed. Their flying was described in one, um, in one article as a bouncy undulating pattern. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so it's like this little bouncing bird. You know how, like, on cartoons you see birds bouncing along? It's kind of like, that's what it made me think of. Like, it would be a good cartoon bird bouncing along in the air. So they prefer open habitats with shrubs and scattered trees and places with dense vegetation like farms or gardens, orchards, weedy fields, backyards. Now, your backyard is hopefully not weedy. (laughs) But... It's open, and it has, if it has seeds around, then that's what they like. They're very vocal, and they're usually in flocks except for the mating seasons where they pair off. As I said before, the American goldfinches are vegetarian, 
preferring to eat seeds rather than insects or caterpillars like the tufted titmouse and the black-capped chickadee that I had talked about before. They prefer milkweed, sunflowers, and thistle. They pull the thistle apart with their feet to get to the seeds, which I thought was very interesting that there is a bird that prefers thistle. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And we, I was just saying to Randy a little bit ago, we need to plant sunflowers because normally we have planted sunflowers and that is where we see the little things. I was actually about to say that. We had, um, at one point in time, we had this huge patch of sunflowers. It was kind of invading our back porch space. <laughs> yeah. And we would constantly see those goldfinches there. And yep. they were so cute. Yeah. They'd go and they'd get the sunflower seeds and fly off. And exactly. And around. And yeah, they were cute. They are. They're so cute. So in the winter, if they're around, they'll eat at bird feeders. And I don't know if ours stay around for the winter. They will sometimes migrate to warmer weather in the winter, but will stay around with a good food source, meaning a human that will keep their food updated and plenty for them. I think I've seen them sometimes. They're harder to notice whether they're actually there or not because the coloring is, they turn to, into just like this brownish color. Oh, in the winter? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. it'll be harder. So yeah. it's just not that bright color anymore. Um, yeah, the male and female go to this kind of dull brownish color that's not streaked or anything. It's just kind of like, it would look like a little plain bird. So I guess we just don't know. Yeah, but they were there. do that for camouflage mm-hmm. reasons, right? Yeah. So, and an interesting tidbit is that they go into a feeding frenzy right before a storm. Oh. So if you want to, if there's <laughs> a storm coming and you want to see your goldfinches, put them up there, put some seeds up there and see if they'll go for them. Hmm. It's just funny. It's like they gorge right before right before a storm. And I've read it in like different places because you know how you read something and it's like, well, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Like somebody thinks that. Right. <laughs> and then you read it again and again and again. It's like, they're funny little birds. Yeah, it must be like a last meal kind of mindset. I guess. <laughs> I guess if you're only four to five, four to five inches yeah. long. <laughs> so they nest late in the season in July or August. And they prefer deciduous shrubs or trees usually less than 30 feet above the ground and often in an upright fork of the branches to make their nest. So they'll tightly weave their nest together into the solid compact cup, making it just about waterproof. The female builds it from plant fibers, plant down, like from thistles, spider webs, hmm. which I thought was very interesting. Rude, stealing spider homes. Well, yeah, good job. Eat the spider. <laughs> Get your friend the tufted titmouse in the... Yeah. Black cap chickadee to eat that spider while you're at it. And they will also nest in birdhouses. The hold needs to be about one and a half inches in diameter, and it is suggested to have a guard around it to keep the predators from getting them. Like you gotta pay for yeah, pay for a little yeah, somebody to guard the nest. Right. That way, um, they they have a little safe place to. I guess it's like a. It's almost like not chicken wire, but it's like that. Mm-hmm. Encasing the bird nest, the so bird the house. birds can't get in, or other or cats. Yeah, or other critters. Or, yeah, or other critters. Yeah, whoever wants to eat it, and the and the eggs. Yeah. And I did hear that there was a, a bunch of information on why to keep indoor cats because yeah. apparently cats kill a huge number of songbirds every year. So the songbird people are like, oh, your fluffy cats are awesome. Keep them inside. <laughs> you know, they don't want to have a, a hate hate thing going on with the cat people, right? Bird people and the cat mm-hmm. people. But uh, 
but they, there was a lot of information on keeping your cat inside so that the birds can live. As well as snakes, moles, all that other fun right. stuff. Yeah. yeah, mice. Exactly. This little bird normally lives to be three to six years old in the wild. Oh, wow. It's just, there was a lot of fun researching it. It's a fun little bird to watch. I pulled up a YouTube audio of the goldfinch. So I'm going to play it for you. So there you go. Fun little goldfinch song from the goldfinch, American goldfinch songbird. Yeah, sounds very cheery. They do. (laughs) Yeah, very happy little bouncy bird eating his thistles and his vegetables. (laughs) So we are recording this episode in early May. By the time it comes out, it'll be actually be mid-May in our timeline. and this is a time of year that we begin to look at summertime decorations. And you think summertime, you think of the big holidays. Memorial Day, Labor Day, Fourth of July, Flag Day. Okay, that one's not a major one, but it's, <laughs> well, and it's, it's not, out there. And it's not in order. No. But, <laughs> it's just uh, in general. But in general, we are decorating during that period with things that are patriotic looking in nature. Correct. Often the colors of the flag. Or the flag itself. Or the flag itself, that's right. (laughs) Many flags. So I wanted to talk today about some of the rules about decorating with flags. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I didn't know there were rules. There are. Uh, But to start with, let's talk about some of the history of the American flag. So what is uh, the popular legend regarding the uh, first American flag? Do you guys remember? That Betsy Ross was the one that sewed it. Right. So in May of 1776, so the story goes, General Washington and some representatives from the Continental Congress visited Ross in her upholstery shop and showed her a rough design of the flag. Uh, And although Washington initially favored using a star with six points, Ross advocated for a five-pointed star, which would be cut with just one quick snip of the scissors, and the gentlemen were won over. So... There isn't any actual uh, written historical evidence at from the time that that happened, that that's the way it happened. But that was the story that was passed down in the Ross family and was eventually brought out in about 1870, so a little less than 100 years later, by William Canby, who was a grandson of Ross, talking uh, to the Philadelphia Historical Society about how Betsy helped shape the nation and her role in creating the flag. That's true. That's interesting. So what is known as the first unofficial national flag um, that actually had some recorded history to it was called the Grand Union Flag, or the Continental Colors. Uh, It was raised at the behest of General Washington near his headquarters in Boston on January 1st, 1776. The flag had 13 alternating red and white horizontal stripes. And interestingly, the British Union flag in the Canton. The Canton is the, the the blue area that has the stars. But this original flag actually had the British Union flag in it. Oh, because the original thought was that we wouldn't completely break away from, um, from England. We would have a close relationship. Shortly after that, though, the Congress put together a committee that looked at an independent flag. And they came up with, in, uh, in June 14th of 1777, the idea of having the 13 stars in the blue canton. 
and then their stripes of the original colonies. So 13 stripes. And 13 stars. And, and it 13 was circular, stars. right? In a circle? In a circle, that's right. But then, during this time, Vermont and Kentucky were then added to the Union in 1791 and 1792. So they added two more stars and two more stripes. So now they had a 15-star and 15-stripe flag. So they were, you know, as soon as you're thinking, well, how many more stripes can we add to this thing? Because that really adds some width yeah. to it. So in 1818, when five more states had gained admittance, Congress passed legislation fixing the number of stripes at 13 and then requiring the number of stars to equal the number of states. So very the very good. last state, do you remember who, what the very last state into the Union was? Hawaii. It was. It was Hawaii. Do you remember the year? 1960. So that's when we got our flag as we know it today. So some famous flags in history, there's one that was named Old Glory, and this was a large 10 by 17 foot flag owned by William Driver, who was a sea captain from Massachusetts. Uh, Driver's flag is said to have survived multiple attempts to deface it during the Civil War. Driver was able to fly the flag over Tennessee State House once the war ended. So let's think about some other famous flags. Um, there's a flag over, what do we think about some, some of the flags? The Star-Spangled Flag? Well, the Star-Spangled Banner came from um, That's what I mean. the, the flag inspiration, that was... that, right, the inspiration that, of, for the flag that was flying over Fort McHenry in 1814 during the, you know, the battle with the, the British, uh, the War of 1812. And that was the flag that inspired Francis Scott Key to compose the Star-Spangled Banner. Uh, it is currently being uh, going under preservation. We actually saw that in the National Museum of American History. They're going through thread by thread and restoring that um, using this like incredible special low oxygen filtered light chamber um, and looking at it at a microscopic uh, layer to to preserve it. Pretty incredible. There are a few uh, flags, other flags that we think of inspirationally. Uh, can you think of other flags? That are famous. Isn't there one above the White House? Yep, the one above the White House is actually one of the flags that are flown 24 hours a day. There's only um, a handful of flags that are flown, meaning they are out, unfurled, 24 hours a day, either by presidential proclamation or by law. The White House is one over Fort McHenry in Baltimore. There's another one. Flag House Square in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, the United States Marine Corps Memorial in Arlington, Virginia. On the green of the town of Lexington, Massachusetts, the United States Custom Ports of Entry, and the grounds of the National Memorial Arch in Valley Forge. So those are the few places that it, it's flown all the time. How about other ones? Can you think about any other ones that are famous? I mean, not famous, but like, the, when I think of like flags, I think of the Washington Memorial, because mm -hmm. there's like 10 billion flags around there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have a lot of, the uh, Washington Mall, Mm -hmm. where they have all the different museums and the memorials. It's a great place to see a lot of different flags, both famous flags if you go into the museums, and just a lot of flags if you want pictures and things like that outside. Mm -hmm. Some flags I was thinking of, for instance, in July 1969, the American flag was flown in space when Neil Armstrong placed it on the moon. That's right, right? Yep. So it's outside the lunar lander. Flags were placed on all on the lunar surface on each of the six manned landings during the Apollo program. Also, the first time an American flag was flown overseas over a foreign fort was in Libya over Fort Dern 
on the shores of Tripoli in 1805. And that was actually one of our first foreign wars where Americans engaged in a foreign conflict um, to support a specific regime in uh, that area. So displaying the stars and stripes, there are actual rules by law as to how you can and can't display the flag. So typically the flag is displayed from sunrise to sunset. It should be raised briskly and lowered ceremoniously. In inclement weather, the flag should not be flown. The flag should be displayed daily and on all holidays, weather permitting, on or near uh, like a main administrative kind of building. It should um, also be displayed in or near every polling place on election days and in or near every schoolhouse during school days. When displayed flat against a wall or a window, or in a vertical orientation, the union field of stars should be uppermost and to the left of the observer. When the flag is raised or lowered as part of a ceremony, and as it passes by in parade or review, everyone, except those in uniform, should face the flag with their right hand over the heart. The U.S. flag should never be dipped toward any person or object, nor should the flag ever touch anything beneath it. All right, so here's some questions for you. So do you have to destroy a flag that touches the ground? What do you think the flag code says? Now, are you talking about, I mean, there's a million little flags that people get for these different, like, parades and to hand out. You know, you see them flying, you know, their little um, the little flags with, in the little sticks and stuff. So, are the, is this, like, official flags that you're talking about? Uh, this is all flags. Okay. This is what's so what supposed was the to I have heard that you are supposed to burn, like, destroy a flag that... Right, and that's kind of why these questions are out there. The answer is no, you don't have to destroy a flag. The fly code states that the flag should not touch anything beneath it, including the ground, but it does not require the destruction of a flag when this happens. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting. It's more of you shouldn't yeah. let it do that. But So can I wear American flag-themed clothing? Yes. Yes. Right, unless an article of clothing is created... Using an actual U.S. flag, there's no breach of flag etiquette to wear stars and stripes. So I thought that was interesting. Flag etiquette. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Can I fly the American flag at night? Yes. Yes. According to the flag code, so long as the flag is properly illuminated so that it is recognizable by the casual observer, you can display it 24 hours a day. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Is displaying the flag horizontally before a football game a violation? You know how they'll bring it out onto the onto oh, the field and oh, people yeah, are holding do, it flat. They? It must not be, or they would be. It is in fact a violation of fly code in section eight C. <laughs> okay, this sounds like something of a sitcom. Section eight C, <laughs> where we are instructed that the flag should never be carried flat or horizontally, but always aloft and free. Interesting. Can a flag that covered a casket be used in other display? You no. know, you see uh, caskets covered, draped with a flag. It could be used in other display. Mm -hmm. Does that include folding it and giving it? Yep. Oh, well then that's, that then, yes. 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 So it is allowed. Okay. There, you are allowed you to meant, use it for other purposes. Yep. I thought you meant, can it be used for, to fly at some point? And it can't. There's nothing in the provision that stops it. Because I knew about the folding and the you presenting. Giving it to the family. Yeah. yeah. Can any other flag be flown higher than the U.S. flag, at no. least in the United States? No. No. Right. The flag code says no other flag or pennant should be placed above or even at the same level to the right of the U.S. flag. 
except during church services conducted by naval chaplains at sea when the church pennant may be flown above the flag during church services for the personnel of the Navy. Well, that's very specific. It is. <laughs> Can the U.S. flag be used in advertising? My guess is yes, as long as they follow the other rules. No. Really? A flag should never be used for advertising purposes in any manner. Mm-hmm. When should a flag be destroyed? When it's torn? Right. When it's no longer suitable for display. And there's actually a burning code in the flag code. Assuming, yeah, like unlike the, the other flag that you don't want to preserve it. Through, right. Right. Is it true that Texas is the only state flag allowed to fly at the same height as the U.S. flag? I'm going to say no, but given that it's Texas, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say no. No, it's an urban legend. All state flags may fly at the same height as the U.S. flag. U.S. flag must be on its right, the viewer's left, however. And Texas laws are consistent with those of other states. So sometimes you'll see like major flags, large flags uh, flown places that um, they don't go half mass. Like I've even talked about that, you know, official flags will be drawn down to half mass um, based on either a state or federal command, basically, in honor of something or someone. But sometimes they don't. So someplace we go fairly often is Disney. And Disney has a lot of American flags all up and down mainstream. It's one of the most all-American destinations you can visit. But if you look closely, uh, there's only one flag that actually they do a ceremony on that actually is put at half-mast, you know, on days when other flags are half-mast. And that's the one right as you enter the parks. Right inside of Magic Kingdom. And they actually do a really nice ceremony Mm -hmm. to raise the flag and to lower the flag. Every day. And they honor um, vets of the wars, vets of the military um, yeah. each day, too. And they make a, a nice ceremony out of that. And but we've I, seen that a number of times. Yes. It's really have. neat. It is definitely worth seeing. Yeah. And I know other parks do that as well. But what I wondered was, how do they get away with not, for their large flags, not doing something with them? Well, if you look really close at the American flags, they're actually all missing something. They're either missing a stripe or a star. So they're not really American flags. Because each flag is fake, Disney doesn't have to follow the flag code regulations, such as flying half-mast or shining lights on them during the night. And again, it's just the one real one that they maintain. So I thought that was kind of an interesting way to get around right. the, the and flag s- code. And, and, and still be patriotic. And still be patriotic. So it if, is, you, yeah. if, if you're ever wondering and you look up and see a large flag that is always there, not lit, not uh, put up or down Disney or any park. Um, it'd be interesting to count the stars or count. It might be easier to count the stripes and see First, if it's, yeah. <laughs> see if um, it's a a fake flag. Yeah, as well. That's fun. Well, thank you, Dan. Learning more about flags and how they are flown are certainly one thing that you can do during the core team. So here are some things for um, you all to consider, those who have completed their project list and have run out of things to do or are just feeling a little little bored (laughs) during the quarantine, having to stay home, maybe end of the week. Here are just a few things that you can do, kind of like a bucket list kind of thing. You can take a walk. You can watch classic movies. Everybody knows um, Netflix. You can Netflix and chill. But again, like um, I'm, I'm guessing like a lot of people have done that. So if you are bored, you can always do something a little different, build a puzzle. Going back to that Netflix and chill and that classic movies, that's something Beth and I've done 
a little bit is look at some movies from the 60s or 70s mm -hmm. um, yeah. that either we've never watched or it's been a long time and rewatched them. Just like them. old favorites, like right. that darn cat. Right, right. With um, Haley Mills. Right. So fun. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good point. Not just um, anything on Netflix or Prime or anything, but like um, going back to some fun oldie but goodies. You can, well, this says drink lots of water, which is always good. <laughs> I like my black chocolate tea and my peach snapple. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, drinking tea is great. <laughs> you can clean, organize closets, collect stuff to donate. Um, I feel like we've done a lot of different things like this. So, I mean, if you haven't hit on any of these, I mean, there's something to do. Huh? Yeah. There are different, like, activity lists or quarantine lists online, so I'm just kind of picking and choosing from a number of them. This says, um, this is kind of interesting. It's kind of like a bingo game. It says, make a new recipe, not try a new recipe, but make a new recipe, which well, I thought was interesting. Yeah. Kind of oh, a, wow. A really adventurous. Yeah, really. <laughs> Somebody who knows. What do we have in the cupboard? Right. <laughs> right. It, there's also attempt to make spaghetti sauce from scratch. <laughs> yeah, I've seen other people doing like bread from scratch, <laughs> right. pasta from scratch, yep. mm -hmm. like uh, things that um, normally you know I don't have time for. Mm -hmm. Say, oh, well, I have time for it now, so let's That's do it right. from scratch. And if you're missing having a drink, this says make a tropical drink, <laughs> read a biography of a person who actually interests you. Speaking <laughs> of make a tropical drink, though, uh, we are getting a new blender because ours broke. That's so funny. I was just thinking that. We're supposed to get it this coming week, um, and uh, Sydney and I are at work this week, but the following week when we're off or next weekend, I have gotten the stuff to make the Disney Dole Whip. Yum. But I need a blender. So <laughs> yeah. that, that is something I'm looking forward to trying. That has yes. been a hold up to yes. that tropical drink yes. Yes. from the tiki, 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 tiki room. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, next from actually the Aloha Isle next to the tiki, 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 tiki room. Yes. So, I mean, we'll, we'll be enjoying that a lot. This is buy fun pajamas on the internet. Or fun a million other things on the internet. Or at this point, just <laughs> make pajamas if you have time. Um, take a walk away from people. Attempt to make a coffee drink that is at a coffee shop level. Wow. <laughs> Which is like, wow, that's that's just like making a new recipe. I mean, and then some of these are um, like clean your makeup brushes, bake your favorite cookies. If you have too many, maybe share them with some friends like DoorDash with your friends with the cookies. At home yoga. Like, mom has a um, yoga DVD that she has. Yep. Um, reorganize your closet or room. So, I have spent some time kind of reorganizing a part of my bathroom since Cole has left. Yeah. It looks wonderful. It looks so nice. <laughs> if I do say so myself. Yeah. And mom has, well, we, we repainted one of our rooms and made it into a craft room. And mom has done a lot of work on that. And that looks wonderful. Yeah, the nice thing about doing some of that stuff is that you can still get the things you need. Like for best room, she actually ordered a number of things online. So mm -hmm. they would deliver for the, uh, like I regrouted our shower. Yeah. But I could go to Lowe's and they're still open. And I could do social distancing, but I can get the things I need. So you can still do a lot of these projects mm -hmm. and do them with minimum social contact. Yeah, I'm with um, a lot of the stores will do curbside pickup now. Yeah. So you can order That's it, right. go, and they would bring it out to the car and stick it in your car. Yeah, for you some things to... like grout or paint, you kind of have to see it in the store. It's harder to, like right. the online colors, 
right. aren't exactly right. So you have to go in. But yeah, for a lot of other things, we've been doing that pickup outside the store. Well, I know um, we got Cole these um, spice jars mm-hmm. for his new house. And I, um, when I got them, I'm like, man, these are nice. I really like them. So I got some for myself. So this week, I'm hoping to get them so that I can reorganize all of my spices. That's right. Label, right. Use a label maker. And... Well, then you can label. This one, these ones actually come with little black round labels. Oh, nice. And you can put them on top of the lid of the spice jar. jar. And then you can literally just look down and you'll be able to see all of the spices you don't have to pick them up to see which one is the paprika. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's another fun project. I'm excited. That's I can't good. wait. Yeah. I'm very that's excited. Um, another one is start a journal or do creative writing. Uh, try new hairstyles at home version. And just be careful with that. Because <laughs> last week I, for the first time ever, colored my hair at home. Because my salon like everyone else's, is closed, and yeah. I needed it, and I like the color. I got it from Madison Reed. Yes, yeah, so it wasn't like a box color at Walmart. Right. I got it from Madison Reed. I took a quiz. I looked at some different things, thought about my hair color and what it's like, and, got, um, and chose a color from there. I like it. It's just that my family has a history of red hair, mm-hmm. so it pulls out a little more red, and I like the cool blonde color. So what are you going to do to... I ordered, I have ordered a toner from them, and I might also order a cooling gloss for them, but it's not in stock right now. And those will take the reds out. The idea is to take, yeah, Yeah. to pull out the gold and the red from the hair and keep it a nice, cool, blonde color. But it was the first time ever I videotaped everything I was doing, and I watched it later, and it was hilarious. (laughs) But, um, But, yeah, it was... It was pretty easy, and mm-hmm. it was good. I mean, they did a good job, so... Yeah, that is good. Yeah, I have a feeling that a lot of hairstylists are either going to uh, be coming back to just some haircuts or coming back to uh, some... Fixes. Fixes. <laughs> some serious fixes. Yep. Another project that I've started is digitizing all of our old pictures. So oh we have gosh. decades worth of old pictures so in the basement. Pictures. Yeah, thousands and thousands. <laughs> so I have a little unit that will digitize the pictures to my laptop so uh but you got to take them out of the albums you got to do some sorting on them if they're sticky they won't go through the little digitizer smoothly so there's a lot of like little work you got to do so uh, after the grout was all done i had a because um with coal moving there a bunch of basement stuff got moved out too so now i have like a spot i can set up and just take my laptop down occasionally to um, do like a album at a time but that's nice because that project was going to be the last thing I <laughs> I thought I ever got to. But now I'm able to um, to do yeah, that slowly. It's amazing. So, yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there are all kinds of things that you can do that, you know, you never thought that you would be able to get to. But all of a sudden, you have the time. So, right. So, yeah. And if you are bored and are looking to have more projects or a hobby, there are tons of stuff online. I encourage you to look. I was looking through just lists of hobbies, and it ranged from kind of pretty obvious ones to very strange or, you know, not really my type. Like hiking or rock climbing. I'm not not really into that. (laughs) Right, right. But But because there's so much online, too, you can actually teach yourself a musical instrument. A new language. A new language online. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can do a lot of things that... 
Um, now you have the time to do, and mm-hmm. hopefully it won't be too long till we're out of this quarantine. So take advantage of the time you have in now. this weird in, you know, circumstance to do some things now. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you for those fun topics. The future festivities for this episode are for the week of May 18th. May 18th is International Museum Day. And a lot of museums, even in this quarantine year, are pushing more content out, either through virtual tours or they're doing like uh, video casts where people will explain uh, different parts of the museum. So, you know, if you haven't been to a museum or you have some favorites, this is a great time to visit that kind of stuff online. That's another thing you can do um, when you're looking for something to do. May 19th is May Ray Day. May 20th is National Pick Strawberries Day. May 21st is National American Red Cross Founders Day. May 22nd is National Buy a Musical Instrument Day. Like we just talked about, you can teach yourself. (laughs) May 23rd is National Lucky Penny Day. May 24th is Brothers Day. You can always follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Holiday underscore Moons. On Instagram, we are at Holiday Moons, all one word. Facebook, you can find us by searching Holiday Moons in the search bar. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And you can contact us at any time at holidaymoons at gmail.com. So for Beth, Randy, and Sydney, Happy Happy Late late spring. Spring!